reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for whom he still burns. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. She's all alone. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co host, Justin Pennick. And we got ourselves a mailbag. And we got to talk about Daniel Jones officially being out for the season. Giants announced he was out. Even put out a statement through Ronnie Barnes, which is I've, I've never seen the Giants do. Um, so, so we got to talk about that. Justin, how you feeling? We got uh, three more games left for the season, I think. Yeah, yeah, three more games left in the season. Did they do that for a reason? Question mark. Ronnie Barnes, one of my favorite people in the entire world. I don't care how bad the Giants are hurt. I don't care how down bad they are. Ronnie Barnes is a superhero, and uh, he's great. And you can never, you can never fire him. Hi, Bobby Skinner. Um. You know, it kind of stinks to be a fan of this football team right now. You know, even more when, let's say, maybe the record was worse in 2017. It was probably low-key close to it, right? Um, it, it's just worse, you know, expectations heading into this year, and we're we're going. And, and a player that we really like, even though we knew it, even though I think we speculated and we kind of knew that the Carpenter was right, um, a player that we really like and a player that we root for, is out for the year, and that sucks for him because he's an easy guy to root for. Well, and it, it just sucks with timing. I mean, listen, we clamored and clamored against Jason Garrett. I truly believe he was the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL. I really do. You know, and this season for Daniel Jones was an extremely important one. Like, this year three is, is important. It doesn't matter. Like, outside circumstances have to kind of not matter after year three. Okay? So, we start off this season hot. With Daniel Jones. Even though the team wasn't good, after four games, we all felt great about Daniel Jones. At least anyone who was being fair felt great about Daniel Jones. And then Thomas goes out, some of the receivers are banged up. And he had an all-right five-game stretch. The Rams game was mixed in there. The Chiefs game, you can... You know, that's an all-right game, I guess. But yeah, had, like, you know, there some good moments and some not great moments. But it didn't, like, bottom out. And then you have the Bucks game, and that was that was a, just a, a bad, bad, bad Daniel Jones game. They fired Jason Garrett. You get one game on short rest. The offense doesn't look good. Daniel Jones doesn't look good. And it's like, okay, but still, let's see these next six games without Jason Garrett, with Freddie Kitchens as the OC, and we know not everything's perfect around it, and the offensive line isn't perfect. And you know, he hurt his neck on the second play of that game, of of on his second play of being under Freddie Kitchens. So it sucks the way his season went. It started out good, was all right, and I just, I, I think at this point you have to decline his option. And I know we, we'll we'll have to answer this question a million times until we get to you know April first. But at this point, Justin, with him, I'm I'm at you, you decline the option. We'll talk about you know we have a Russell Wilson question in here that we'll talk about and the opportunities in that. But let's just say that's not an opportunity. I do let him play next year. I just I draft the best players. I th- I think in this draft, 
probably not going to be a QB. And you decline the option to see who's what happens. But if if it hasn't happened at this point, it probably is not going to happen with Daniel Jones. Yeah. I, like you said, I like him. And you know what? This is a week-to-week league. So if he comes out year, next year and lights it up, then woohoo. You know, we give him a franchise tag. But at this point, you can't have any confidence that that's going to happen. And especially with the way things will go next year with the way this team is being, will be maybe not even fully rebuilt, but you know. It, it, it's it's probably not going to happen. You know, it's like, I th- I think I finally hit the acceptance stage of like, it's just probably not going to happen with Daniel Jones as the QB of the New York Giants long term. I'm with you. Uh, I'm, I'm very much, very much with you. And the timing of the injury is, yes, it's year three, but also even if you just want to look at year in, year out circumstances, last year before Daniel Jones got hurt, the offense actually started to put together some good performances where I was saying on this show and I was saying in my my talking analytics blogs that I did last year, the Giants offense from like a week eight stretch to like a week 12 stretch was an average offense in the NFL in like an advanced metrics and EPA. You know, maybe they weren't scoring a ton of points, but they had really good complimentary football defense playing well. They were running the ball well. They were controlling the clock kind of well. And, you know, they were scoring points when they needed to score points in between that week eight to week 12 gap where that included that Cincinnati game. It included, I think, maybe, you know, one or two of those Eagle games, especially the Eagle, the home Eagle game was like a perfect game from Daniel Jones. One of the, you know, one of the most efficient games that he's played in his entire career, including the, the big explosive run plays. So the timing of the injury last year was, damn, Daniel Jones gets both of his legs hurt um, <laughs> when when the offense is starting to pick it up, and then he comes back and it's slow. Whereas this year, it's, okay, Daniel Jones had a really good start to the season. Non, non-efficient, flat-out not-productive games all time, he hasn't been consistently good. All-time low production production games, and then he gets hurt. And that's the difference between him getting hurt last year and then him getting hurt this year, coupled on with it being year three, and it's time. It, he just hasn't been consistent enough. Yeah. It, and and you have to be consistent you after win. your third year. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and, and winning. And winning does matter, no matter how, you know. Um, Even though it's not a QB you know, Obviously, stat, the situation blah, blah, blah. does matter. You know, you see a guy like Stafford, you know, lose and lose and lose in, in Detroit. And then you'll see some, you know, QBs who aren't great, you know, win games because they're in situations like San Francisco. Um, but 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 I am in the boat of you bring him back for year four, not because you have all the faith in the world, but just I think that'd be your best option. I don't believe in a vet's like like I I don't like the idea of bring, if you want to bring in like a backup to you know for because of his injuries, I'm fine with that. But I don't like I'm not on board with like the you know a Jimmy Garoppolo. Marcus Mariota type like type player to come in because I think Daniel Jones is better than those players. Yeah, you know maybe not not by a ton, but I do I do like him better than those players. I think Daniel Jones at this point is just an average QB. Um, so to me, well, we have a Russell Wilson question, but to me, it's really Russell Wilson or just run it back with Daniel Jones. Yeah, I agree. And the Giants have been in the boat in the past of overpaying for backup positions and overpaying for for depth players, um, and then also overpaying for special teams and putting too much investment in that. Um, I would hate to, okay, yeah, we, we sign a guy like Marcus Mariota, uh, a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, or a guy like Jameis Winston, who's also a free agent. Like, great. I mean, we have those guys on our team. And, okay, sure, it creates a quarterback controversy. I, I guess I don't even care about that. But the fact that 
you're going to have one of these guys on your team, whether it's the sixth overall pick of, of the draft or a decent investment in a backup quarterback, and the design for that person is to sit on the bench. It's not the design for that quarterback to come in and play 16 games. Um, so it's just it's it's. I, I don't even like, like a, doing that, even if Daniel Jones was gone. Like I don't really like the idea of a stopgap, um, like spending money, like like investing in it. Um, yeah. But but you know his Daniel Jones' season is over. He played 11 games this season. He's going to end up missing six in total. Um, the least amount of know. games that he's played in his entire career. Yeah. So it's it's been three years. It's been inconsistent. Um, like you said, I'm still rooting for the guy to turn it around. You know, if he turns it around next year, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Really would. You know, if, if they get a, you know, some, they get the offensive line better and, you know, you got some decent weapons at wide receiver. You actually have a good wide receiver question though. Um, but gun to your head, it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. It's just you can't, you can't say you can't, you can't say it. It's gonna, it's gonna happen because yeah, it hasn't happened, and I don't think uh, next year they're gonna be winning because at the same, like Daniel Jones actually has to be good, and they have to win next year for really for it to happen. Um, yeah. Which goes hand in hand. QB play is extremely important. So if he's playing really well, they should be winning games. Unlike you know the first quarter of this year where. Like I, I, this season went as like worst case scenario, where the defense was really bad to start this season. The offense actually was halfway decent, especially the passing offense. They were like a top seven <laughs> passing offense through like the first six games of the season. Yeah, and, and overall, just uh, Bob, the big talking point for us was, hey, the Giants—they aren't, they're not, they're still not scoring a ton of points. They were a top ten offense in like yards per drive. It was crazy how they were top ten in yards per drive, but still bottom ten in points per drive. It was nuts. But yeah, they were moving, just not scoring. Yeah, so, and that was with Jason Garrett as OC. So, we'll see what happens next year. Not betting on it, but it is what it is. All right, this episode was brought to you by got a good amount of uh, new people in the family. Stuart London, and funny enough, he's from um, where is he from? He's from Germany, but he's oh, so, but you know, that's funny. It's not America, so two different countries right there. How about that? Uh, Benjamin Husband, um, he's the husband. I think of- he makes a great husband. Makes a great husband. Gabriel Noah. Um, uh, what's going on, Gabriel? We got Kiana Miller, who's in the world beater tier. Stuart London was in the world beater tier. And Drew Fritz. He's uh, he's on the Fritz. Who are these Cracker Jacks? Gabriel Noah? Is that two Bible names? Yep, Gabriel the Archangel and Noah. That is Noah. Should we trust Gabriel since he has... For not just two Bible names, but two first, but two like first names as as first and last name. Yep, I'm a big. I like you guys with two big first names. I think I think that's a huge flex. Not just saying that. Hey, two Bible names. Hey, two first names. Gabriel Noah and some other friends went to Patreon.com/slash/TalkingGiants. Two dollars a month plus some other tiers. Um, you get to hang out with us while we record live, which uh. Next couple weeks may be big, especially as, you know, GM may change. There's some other changes that that could be made. I'm actually I'm actually really looking forward to the GM episode, no matter how willfully woefully ignorant we're going to be on, hey, what is this guy gonna do? Or what 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 is actually we'll gonna give happen? People the best information on him. Um I'm excited for it. Um I'm excited to embrace or the her, opportunity. Doubt it, but it you know. I'm excited to embrace the opportunity that I may not know what I'm talking about. And um, Bobby will send you some uh, magnet stickers, whatever, two times a month. You're in a shirt raffle. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Thanks for, thank you to our patrons. 
All right, send it to Steve. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Bye, guys. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. All right, thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. First question is coming from Vanilla Vic at Shake and Bake. Looks like triple underscore. If Mara ends up keeping Judge next year, do you think it's better we hire someone? Not the first question. Wow, bad guy. Really bad guy. I was yelling that for like 10 seconds, but my mic was I saw that your mouth was moving. Really bad guy. Should I should I try I'm gonna try that again. Really off to a bad start. I should be fired. First, the actual first question that's coming from Anthony Bordenaro. W A L B at Anthony B underscore W X. Everyone's favorite Florida weatherman Anthony is. Georgia. What improvements? Huh? He's in Georgia. Oop. Got it wrong again. <laughs> Two strikes. One more, I'm out. What improvements should we make to the wide receiver room? Should we trust Tony's health? So I didn't really think about this, but let's assume Shep's gone. What the wide receiver room next year, the you know, Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony are the mainstays, but both those guys have injury issues. Slayton's been wildly disappointing this season. You know, where it's like do you even trust him as a third guy no. anymore? You no. know, it's um, you know, if, if if both those guys are healthy, it's, but even then Slayton's been disappointing. Like it's been a he's been the most disappointing player on the team possibly. Yes. You know, like I can't believe it's like he went from the leading receiver the last two years to just like you just can't count on him at all. Like he's like leads the league in drop percentage. He's last in the league in yak. Yeah, he just he just has been ex- like wildly disappointing year for Darius Slayton, and Chef's gone. Like the wide receiver room, I don't know if I feel great about it next season. Like if they're fully healthy, you you can like you feel decent about it, like having Gall and Tony, but. Like Ross, does you know does Ross come back? Like I don't know. Like I don't know how I feel about the wide receiver room next year. Um, not saying it needs to be a, a top priority, but I do think it's something. in maybe in the middle mid middle rounds of the draft, it's like you're not shying away from taking a wide receiver. Um, free agency really isn't an option with anything right now with the Giants cap space, uh, especially that like a, a unless you're signing a minimum deal like a John Ross, you know you really can't add anybody. Like I don't, I don't know how I feel about the wide receiver room next year because of health. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I'm very down to add more wide receiver depth. Obviously, you know the. I really hope we get to see Tony this week. The offensive line takes precedence. Um, we did hear that Tony may be back before the regular season ends, but we also I really did do hear, miss watching Tony play. Like he's a really fun player to watch, and I miss him. We also did hear that Daniel Jones would would be back before the season ends, and look at how that turned out. Carpenter was really right, yeah. Um, like, really, really right. Um, yeah, I, I really do miss watching Tony. But, you know, I know I, I realized he hasn't, like, since Jason Garrett's been fired, Tony's been out. Who does Freddie Kitchens being the OC get you more excited for, Tony or Galladay? It's it's Tony, without a doubt. Because, I mean, that's the, one, that's the one substantial thing that I feel like has changed is yards after catch and... Average depth of target. I mean, that's the thing that's increased. wasn't involved really at all, though. No, it's crazy. It is crazy how these last few weeks it's just been 
Tony, um, Galladay and Shepard. Really. Galladay and Shepard have been on the field, and they're just not even targeted. Yeah, that's Mike Lennon kind of sucks. Um, yes. And Jake Fromm is going to be the same. No, no Jake Fromm questions. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can see myself being like. As we go get hit our third round pick, being like, man, I really want this wide receiver. Like yep. I can see myself being in that situation this year. You know, they went very heavy defense in last year's draft. I can really see them going heavy offense, you know, with offensive line and receiver. How many picks in the first three rounds? Five. 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 You if you use one on a wide receiver, don't think anybody's gonna complain. No. And, and, and even after are, that. Wide receiver is probably the position that in the mid, like day two, day three, you get the most excited about because those guys, it's probably the position that turns into good players like in late rounds more than any other position. And and we've been wanting to do that, I feel like, for years, that there's been some guys that, yeah, they've excited us in the first two rounds, but there's also been a lot of guys that have excited us between rounds three through five. I know uh, Juwan Jennings was one for me. Um, who's on the Tampa Bay Bucks right now? Tyler Johnson was another guy for me. And even like let, let Bobby, like let's face it, you know Darius Slayton has he been a disappointment? Yes, but has he kind of fit the the value and fit the mold of what we oh, yeah, expect? Yeah, for a fifth a, rounder, he's a success. For what we expect a fifth round to be, to have eight touchdowns his rookie year and then to be somewhat of a consistent target in twenty twenty, yes. And and a, and a bad lost offense, yes. I mean, you know, so if we can get. A Darius Slayton, except a guy that can be, you know, more successful for for on a more consistent basis, uh, that would be great, and I would take that in this year's draft class. So yes, it definitely, you know, Anthony's question. Yes, um, we should be making improvements to the wide receiver room, and we were talking about Tony's year, you know, when he got diagnosed with the co- with COVID and stuff like that, and I said Murphy's law: what can go wrong will go wrong, and he just continued to find ways to miss time. And you said, well, it is just mostly injuries. And that is true, and that does have me concerned. I'd be lying. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all concerned about that with Tony. All right, next question. All right, now it's Vanillovic at Shake and Bake, double underscore, triple underscore. If Mara ends up keeping Judge next year, do you think it's better we hire someone from inside the organization for GM rather than external so we can clean house for next year if we suck again? Or hire the external GM and put Judge on the hot seat. So I feel like this is a scenario that's been brought up a lot. That to me just isn't like realistic. You know? Like you think they'll hi- they would hire Kevin Abrams. Who, you know, if there was anyone that they're going to hire in-house, it would be Kevin Abrams. And then fire him after one year if it's not going well next year. If it's in the back of your brain that you want to clean house, then clean house. Yeah. Yeah. That's. <laughs> yeah. That's. So it's like I don't I just don't see that as a realistic thing. Like I would I think if that were really be the case that they would just give Judge a, I think they would do the same exact they would treat Joe Judge the same way they probably did Dave Gettleman. Where it's like let's just bring him back for a fourth year and see what happens. Um so and part of me says yes, that's what I kind of want, but I just don't see it being realistic. Like I think you'd better be better off just keeping Dave Gettleman. Like why would we fire honestly, why would you fire Dave Gettleman? Just to make everyone step up. It, it's be Tom Coughlin, Ben McAdoo again. It's like, what is making people have more responsibilities that haven't done a good job do? You're, so you, it's like, oh, these people haven't done a, a great job. Let's give them more responsibilities. You know, like that's what firing, like firing Tom Coughlin and hiring Ben McAdoo as a head coach and keeping Spagnuolo. You just, you just put more on the plate of Ben McAdoo and got rid of the guy 
like and got rid of the head guy. So no, I, I'm I'm clearly I'm in the boat of go out and you try and get the best possible candidate for GM, and you hope you get a good offensive coordinator pair with Joe Judge, and and we hope that jo- we hope that Joe Judge has more hand in this defense than we know. And and that he really is innovative with defense as a defensive mind yeah. with Patrick Graham, or at, um, or at least I hope he hasn't had a, as much of a hand in the offense as he's yeah, had on you the hope, defense. And you hope you get a good OC. You hope you get a good OC. Like that's that's what you hope for. You know, like this idea that you know Mara thinks Judge. I, we may have talked about this on Monday, but like you know Judge, he's got his Belichick Parcells. It's like, well, no, what has Judge done? You know, B- Bill Belichick created cover three match in the 90s with the Browns and it's still being run to this day you know like what what has Judge done to like do that besides like maybe running day-to-day things uh well like I don't doubt that Judge does run like the day-to-day operations of being a head football coach well but it's football coaching is the most important thing and it's what has Joe Judge done coaching wise to get you in to just to to where you really believe in him. It's one thing to give him another chance, but to really believe in him, it's like, what has Judge done? You know, unless, and, and again, maybe maybe he does have a bigger hand in the defense than we know. Um, so, but but I'm in, I'm in the I'm in the boat of you get go out get the best GM hopefully that you can get, and you hope that Judge gets a good, brings in a good OC and they get, and they have a good draft and and we're and we're feeling more positive after next year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And the only thing is, is, even if they go outside and they hire the quote-unquote best candidate possible, people aren't still going to believe in that person if they have Joe Judge ties. No, and that's and they why shouldn't. it's it's such a lose. Right, and it's such a lose, lose, lose situation that we're all experiencing as Giants fans right now. Yeah, Mayor's screwing it up. If they just don't clean house, you know, because yeah, they they could bring in somebody with a good resume. They can bring in somebody who is traded down, who believes in value, and is gonna, you know, talk about, hey, I want to bring in maybe a an analytical, data driven approach, you know, and we'll get excited. But at the end of the day, there's still gonna be a majority of Giants fans who look at things, you know, who really look at things in depth and be like, well, if this guy is Joe Judge ties, and I'm just not gonna believe in him, and that and that is the the shitty thing about this situation, and I don't blame anybody for not believing in it. Yeah, there's there's been no track record to believe in it. So, all right, next question. All right, next question. Bleeding Blue Giants History Podcast at Bleeding Double Underscore Blue. So Episode. People uh, know we should we have all off season to talk about this topic. Yeah, whoever asked that question, how dare they? Um, it was necessary this week because of what Albert Breer said. But uh, Bleeding Blue Giants History Podcast making its debut. January 31st on a Monday, the Monday after the conference championships. It's going to be a lot of fun this offseason. That would be February 1st. No, it's January 31st. I've looked at this multiple times. Oh, I thought you said January 1st. No, January 31st. Um, More Russell Wilson rumors. We're going to be in Alabama for the debut of that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Where are you guys at with wanting him? Well, I will say I don't take what Albert Brewer said and being like, oh my gosh, maybe there's more to this. Um, you guys remember Albert Brewer said that Kenny Galladay wouldn't sign with the Giants because of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia knowing each other the week of. Um, and I've been in those Albert Brewer like Twitter periscope things, and he's he's answering questions rapid fire. So it's not, not necessarily source stuff. So that... 
the Albert Breer thing doesn't really, it didn't move the needle for me at all. Um, but where I'm at with Russ is I'd be excited. He's 33 years old. He's got a lot of football left. You know, he's got five years or so. You know, it'd be a, a somewhat of a long-term play. And the conversation we talked about Daniel Jones before, where it's like, he's at this point, he's not the guy. And drafting a QB is scary. Look at Trevor Lawrence, the best prospect ever. He's not playing very well. Justin Fields, not playing very well. Zach Wilson, not playing very well. Trey Lance, can't get on the field. You know, and this was, again, this was another class last year, like 2018, where it's like, this is such a great QB class. This QB class doesn't come around. Can't go wrong. Yeah. So it's it's drafting a QB scares me. So it it would be the quarterback posi- that would excite me the most. It would excite me the most. And and you're trading away a lot of picks, and I understand that. So I understand not doing it, but it would be the move that would excite me more than any other thing they could do this offseason is trading for Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm right there with you. You know, where it, it would be the – it's just the gut punch of how many picks are you going to trade away, but you're trading those picks that haven't been such a sure thing. And especially if you want, if you if you're thinking of that pick being a possible QB in the future, well, you just listed all those quarterbacks where quarterbacks are not a sure thing. Even guys that go, you know, number one, number two, number three, number four, five, six, whatever, you know, they're they're not sure things. And nobody is good at evaluating QBs where you have to get lucky with situation you know, uh, matching between player and coach and fitting the guy's strengths. There's so much that just needs to go right. And there's so much that you need to be lucky with. And team matters, you know, like I don't think the Giants would be good next year with Russell Wilson. They would be better than what they are right now, but it would be like, it's it kind of, you know, like you got, you got to draft the right way and work free agency the right way. But it's like, you have to do that no matter what, you know? So obviously you have less, darts with less picks because you'd be giving up like probably two first rounders and you know something else you know so you have less big time darts um but you'd be getting a guy that can make up for a lot of that uh i I really do i mean russell wilson has done pretty good with kind of bad teams in in seattle he's had talented some skill position players and you know certainly it seems like he's maximized a a system where it allows him to throw the ball deep down the field. And even if they're still a little conservative and people get mad at Pete Carroll and the overall Seattle's front office for being kind of on the conservative side, but Russell Wilson is just naturally such a talented quarterback that it doesn't matter how conservative your head coach is. Well, that guy's just going to create those explosive plays and they're going to, and he's going to produce those points on his own, right? He's done Pretty, he's done solid with uh with bad offensive lines. He's done solid with you know even Chris Carson being hurt and you know bad running backs and backup running backs. He's done pretty solid with bad defenses. Seattle hasn't really had a substantially very good defense since like the Legion of Boom and when they gave Russell Wilson the contract extension and all those guys had to leave Seattle. You know Russell Wilson has still been kind of keeping them afloat. They haven't been the same kind of team. But Russell Wilson, the argument is well Russell Wilson makes up for those picks that you trade away because if there's one thing you want to get right in the game of football, it's the QB spot. And you know, the giants haven't gotten that thing right. But here I'm going to give you the counter argument. Yeah, please. I mean, there, I don't even know what phase I'm in yet. No. And again, it'd be the, it would be, be the most exciting thing that they could do. Here's my, here's a counter argument to it. The last time the Seahawks went to an NFC championship game was 
the year they lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And he was still on his rookie deal. So. Exactly. That's the counter argument. So yeah. it's the it's the QB contract plus you're giving up important picks of top, like first rounders, which you got to get right, and those guys being on cheaper deals, you know. Yeah, but but again, um, that's you, know. you got right. You got to get the quarterback right then. Then it's okay. Then the Giants will eventually be in the QB market. Are they going to be bad enough? That's also a question. Are the when the Giants are looking for a new QB post Daniel Jones, are the Giants going to be bad enough? to be in a position where they can just draft their QB that they want and they don't have to move up to get the QB that they want, where then you'd be giving up draft picks anyway. Yeah, and, and it's, it's why QB is the toughest position to get. And that's why I would be down for it because it's like, all right, well, we got this right. Like and we it's know a sure we, thing. We know we, like, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a 100% sure thing. You're not getting excited about someone's draft, you know, prospectus. Um so that's why I would be excited for it, and I would be will. I'd be. I would. I would hundred percent would be willing to do it. But there's also a lot, a lot of negatives that come with it. You know, it's not signing Tom Brady in free yeah. agency. It may. It may come at the price of, you know, not rebuilding and finishing the offensive line like fans want this offseason. You know, it may come at the expense of not getting that tier one edge rusher like we're looking for this offseason. You know, that that's the bottom line. Is that you know, there's going to have to be a sacrifice involved with it. Um, and that's that. And Jake Fromm's, and actually no, because Jake Fromm's going to save the day and he's going to be the franchise QB forever. Ah. Um. We didn't include this question. Um, it, what, uh, what does Jake Fromm have to do for you throughout these final three games to uh, convince you that he should be in the quarterback competition next year? It just hasn't entered my mind. Um. <laughs> I just don't think there's anything that will. I just don't think it's realistic that he looks good. Yeah, well, even if he or goes even, out there, if he looks decent, I'll be like, okay, he could be the backup QB. Yeah, there's, but I don't think there's anything Jake Fromm is going to do for me to put him in the a QB controversy with Daniel Jones. He could go out there, score 30, 40 points, and be like a Matt Flynn, right? Remember Matt Flynn of the Packers, where it was a backup for Rodgers, came in, scored 30 to 40 points, and then he gets that huge multi-year deal from, not huge, but he gets like <laughs> kind of a big multi-year deal from the Seattle Seahawks, and then he stinks. Um, you know, if Jake Fromm has a good game, or even if Jake Fromm just has an okay game, people are going to be like calling for like the Matt Flynn appreciation and look at how well that worked out. All right, I actually like this next question. This is one of my favorite questions ever. It's a I, tough question. I wrote, no, I wrote a huge, a whole post-it note of answers. Patrick McKinstry. Um, it's a big time week in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. The NBA, we got NFL going on. DraftKings Whoa. has to get has a has a gift that'll certainly um get you in the betting spirit. New customers can bet just five dollars on any NBA team and win one hundred and hundred fifty in free bets if they're victorious. Thing that's actually a good uh, deal. It's a great way to put some extra money in your pocket. If sportsbook isn't available in your state, well, your week, your bonus, you know, it it can still be good. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with daily DraftKings fantasy basketball contests. How about that? Get in on that. That's what you got to get in on. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars. Millions of dollars? Is that true? I guess so. That's in the Android. The total prizes with their first deposit. Wow, millions. That would be insane. And you get a and it's a free chance at it stupid not to do it download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY B 
Bet just $5 on any any NBA team and win $150 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code JOHNBOY this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wage required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling product call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's doing all right. They doing good. Yeah, a lot of COVID, but Kyrie's gonna be back soon, so I'm excited about that. Uh, it was uh, kind of funny for the away games. You know what? They need to let him play in the home games. Like New New York, change the law, please. Let people do their damn job. Okay. All right. New mayor, kind of funny. Who ain't Kyrie doing Irving. a damn thing? I don't know nothing about him, but he's pissing me off. Kyrie Irving back. Kyrie Irving on the COVID list. I thought that was... Well, it's in protocol. I don't... I need to... I've been kind of checked out, but... Like, I feel like he had to do five days of negative tests in a row. So, I think it was almost like a planned protocol, but I don't know. Patrick McKinstry at Patty, at Patty underscore Mac underscore. Patty Mac. Who are some of your favorite average giants in your lifetimes? For example, I, for some reason, loved Kevin Dockery. Can I tell you something about Kevin Dockery? Now, I think it was Kevin Dockery. I want to make sure right now. Kevin Dockery in, yes, it was, I believe. 2007 NFC Championship game. If he was a safety. I don't think he was just a cornerback. I think he was a safety. And Kevin Dockery allowed like two touchdowns over the top in that 2007 NFC Championship championship game. I think the touchdown that went to Greg Jennings on the right sideline. Greg Donald Jennings. Or whoever the big touchdown went to early in the game, Dockery didn't make his way over there. Um, or no, it could be James Butler. I'm con- I, th- I may be confusing those two. So, I like this question though. I'm sorry if I just gave Kevin Kevin Dockery more hate than he deserved. It might have been James Butler. I have my list. You you give me you give me some of yours. I don't really have a big list. There's only two. I'm not. I've never been a fan of average players. So here's the the big one. Here's the easy one. Because he's part of my, you know, football heroes. Rich Soibert. Soibert was an average player. You know, like yes. he's part of like an offensive line that we look up to. But I think Soibert was an average player. Um, And then the other one, there's only really one other that like sticks out. Like, and I tried to go through it, but it's like, there's, I wasn't a fan of average players. Like I like, like, unless you want to put like a Brandon Jacobs in there. And then that's different but i don't think i don't view i i view him as above average you know yeah i I love guys like plaques i love guys like jeremy shockey um and willie joseph i was a big william joseph fan i don't Ah. know why i just was a big like you know i guess that's part like the nature of the question is you don't know why you just did i just like (laughs) willie joseph i gave kevin dockery slander for no reason he was only a corner james butler was the free safety over the top that allowed big plays in the 2007 nfc championship game someone said rw mccorders and i kind of like that one but i feel like rw mccorders was a good player for another team rw oh bobby sneeze fest love it rw mccorders was a solid special teams player too had some nice uh, punt returns um always gonna be a fan of just hey Never saw R.W. McCorders a lot on defense, but he made that interception against Tony Romo in the in the end zone in 2007 divisional round. So he was really good for the Bears too. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I have I have a list. Oh I, have a, I have a lot of people. Jay Alford, who was a below average football player, but I think injuries might have 
cut a career short. Penn State, people love Penn State. Jay Alford has my favorite play ever in franchise history. This includes helmet catch. This includes plaques. This includes Ingram, 19, 1989, or excuse me, 1990, you know, the third and 13, he picks up the first down, right? Um, Jay Alford, the sack against Tom Brady, where he looks like he just gets demolished. Like you watch that live and you watch it from the broadcast angle. Jay Alford just demolishes Tom Brady. Um, and that's when I knew that we won the Super Bowl. So that's like my favorite play. That's when like the joy set in instead of just being nervous. Gary Reasons, I didn't see him, but Gary Reasons had that hit against the Broncos while he played at the goal line where it's, it's like the players you watched. It's just the well, I'm well, I've watched a lot of players because I went back and I've watched 80s and 90s games because of Bleeding Blue. So Gary Reasons is just a guy that I've that I've learned to to love. I I'm a big secondary guy. Kenny Phillips, Jabril Wilson, Stevie Brown, Will Hill, Sean Williams, and Deion Grant are all like average football players I love. Sean Williams, uh, victim of injury. Will Hill, victim of pot and didn't pay his child support. You no, know, someone we forgot. Who do we forget? I mean, I'm not done yet. Talking Giants Ring of Honor, Dave Tolleson. Yes, this is true. And that, that's so before true. he was in our Ring of Honor. This so. is so true. Um, Andre Brown and Orleans Darkwa. Robert Ayers. I don't think Orleans Dark was even average. He was below average. He was the most efficient running back in the NFL in 2017, according to NFL Next Gen. So I don't want to hear you. Wow, NFL uh, Next Gen is that dumb. Wow. Robert Ayers. Analytics. Robert Ayers in 2015 had a solid year. Kavika Mitchell. Oh, Robert Ayers. You like Robert Ayers? He, he, average player. We're looking for average players, and he was average, and he was good. He had a good year. Kavika Mitchell. Kavika Mitchell's a good one. And Steve Smith and Dave Tolves. There you go. All right, so Justin basically listed like the entire 2008 roster. So No, I did not. Um, Gary Reasons. All right, next question. I Tim gave Coffey. you two. Tim Coffey. Let's say we keep both first-rounders. Are you a bigger fan of drafting offensive linemen with both picks, offensive tackle and edge, or interior lineman and edge, or another combo? So basically, uh, you know, which uh, which combo of players are we down to draft? Also, Tom Coffey sucks. Who's Tom Coffey? Don't know. Tim always makes references. I don't under. I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs> um, I. <sighs> My dream is to get one of those edges, whether it's Carl, even if it's Carl Loftus. I really like Carl Loftus out of Purdue, um, and an offensive tackle, yes. whether that's Evan Neal or Akeem uh, Konu. And then you know, round two, I would hope to get a guard like Darian Kennard or somebody, somebody like that, somebody I can trust, someone who's played like SEC football. Um, you know, and it's just like that guy physically is going to be able to hold up in the NFL. Will his technique and stuff get better? I don't know, but physically, that guy's gonna—he's gonna be okay in the NFL, and at guard, you can live with that. Um, so that—that that is what my dream is. But if honestly, though, if they went two offensive linemen, that also just the offensive lineman in me would be like, this is the greatest moment of my life. Like I get to watch two rookie top ten offensive linemen. Like that would be a dream come true for the offensive lineman in me. And it'd be nice to be, it'd be nice to just like all right three out of the five right now we 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 feel really good about doesn't mean they'll pan out but it's like going into the year it's like three out of the five bam we're good and four out of five because I love Nick Gates and he's gonna come back stronger and better than ever 
this draft is going to have the opportunity to turn this Giants franchise around. I mean, no joke. You have seven draft picks, and then how many draft picks do they have overall, Bobby? Ten? Nine. Nine? Because you lost the seventh rounder in the Billy Price trade. And I mean, hey, I mean, you could always, they could always trade back and do whatever. Nine draft picks, but it's just most importantly, five draft picks when they most matter in the first three rounds. This is a draft class that should change the Giants franchise around. I'm a person that wants to marry need and value. And if you can walk away with your edge number one and tackle, you know, and have your, your, your bookends at left tackle, right tackle, that's important. But drafting an edge, a top tier edge, it can change this defense from a bend but don't break from a defense that we like and a defense that is vulnerable, but it, it kind of just, it, it does all right to a defense that can be it to a defense that could be solid for a couple stretch of, of a good couple stretch of years, right? And with Jackson and, you know, maybe you got to find a, a Bradbury replacement. Maybe you extend them, but McKinney's here. And, you know, you have a core group of guys on that defensive side of the ball that are here. You know, Leonard Williams is still here. Dexter Lawrence is still here. Find a way to get that edge number one. It would have to really come in that first round. That makes this defense and it transforms this defense. I really do. Because this bend but don't break, I don't know how sustainable it is. I mean, they're ranked 21st in points right now, defensively. You know, where it's like we we love Patrick Graham, but at the end of the day, they are ranked 21st in total points yeah. per game on defense. Research Rick has a really good line. Research Rick has a really good line. Bend but don't break doesn't scare anybody. Doesn't scare anybody. Getting a number one edge rusher and getting after the quarterback plus having a secondary like they do right now, I think that would scare people. Yeah, I mean, think about when we go into each week in our game, our preps, our previews. When have we ever been like, man, this secondary, really good. Like, I, I'm worried. No, we go into games being like, their two edge rushers are going to freaking work. They're going to put in work. You know, and Thomas will handle one, but it's like we're screwed on the other side. Like we that's that you know that's part of the Giants' issues, you know, personnel wise too. But it's like it's just a top pass rusher puts more fear into you and then a top cornerback. That's just the way it goes. Top pass rushers can take over a game, top cornerbacks can't. A a, a real deal true number one edge can take over a game and can and, and I feel like translates into playoff success better because you're you you're playing against better defenses overall. Yeah. Um so yeah, I I w- if we if we could be in a position to get an Aiden Hutchinson, uh, a Thibodeau, uh, or even a Carl Loftus, like that would be really hard to to pass up. With you, and we're gonna have back to back. I really think we're gonna have back to back first round picks. That's gonna. Well, be, I think it's a lock. That's gonna be freaking chaos. Like I don't know if I can handle having back to back first round picks in the top of the draft. No, I've talked about it with you before. I, I've been, you know, because we're. I don't gonna know be how all, we're gonna do it. We're we're all gonna be because we're gonna be live streaming. That's you know that's what we do. We live stream for you know freaking seventeen hours, fifteen hours throughout draft weekend. You know, it's gonna be gotta pick trade five down out of one of those picks. Pick five, yeah, which which I would be open to, especially if we're if we're in a world where hey, maybe we want to. Man, they can they they have to. They have to go tackle. I mean, they they just have to. But if we're in a world where Neil is gone and you don't feel good about any tackle, you take your edge rusher and then you trade down and you know Linderbaum. You know from from again, I haven't done any. I haven't started anything. I really haven't started anything. So I'm saying this with like an uninformed eye. But um, 
you know, it's just so wild to me if they have to walk out of the draft with a tackle that they feel confident in starting. Um, that is like almost a must because they're not going to do it in free agency and it's not going to be Matt Parrott. <laughs> no. Yeah. Even though it's like what Matt Parrott should have been playing all this year, it's not Matt Parrott. No. And it's not Isaiah Wilson. Get that, get that out of your head. Although I'm not giving up on Isaiah Wilson. Yeah, no. All right, next question. Fire Gettleman and Judge at NYG underscore Texas. What game will we have the Talking Giants tailgate at in 2022? I don't know. Last year it was very like a right, I'm coming up for the Eagles game. I don't know what we're gonna. What game is like on the schedule that? Who do, who, who do we play in AFC wise next year? You want to you want to try play, for um. You want to try for a... We've had the AFC South next year. So we have the Jaguars, the Texans, the Colts, and the Titans. You want to try for a warm weather game? I kind of feel like I want to try Yeah, for I feel like we game. couldn't have as much fun at the tailgate because it was so cold. Yeah. And we were all... Everyone's layered up, so you're less recognizable, and people aren't wanting to walk around and stuff. There's also yeah. just more people at warm weather games than there are cold weather games and that's largely because the team part of bad. me is like but, when i want to go up there it's like i would like to experience some cold weather and get away from the warm weather a little bit you were too. you were complaining about how cold you were going to be the entire weekend i don't want to hear it yeah but at the same time it's like i would rather not be sweating at the same you know at right a, but at then come up for two, come up for two giants games next year it, it won't kill you there's 17 games now that's true come up that's for like true. a week four game you know it's it's after the first season first part of the season buzz Come up for like a week four game. You know, we got a, I, I look. Or I just really, go to back to, I could go to back to back. We just go back to back games. I really want to go to an away game next year. And the Giants are playing the Vikings in Minneapolis. Yeah, and why would you want to go to Minnesota? Minnesota's a scumbag state. Oh, that's right. You, you went to, you went to school there. It's a beautiful stadium. Do they play in Jacksonville? They do. They play the Jags. I don't know if they play in Jacksonville. They do play in Jacksonville. Come to that one. I could maybe go to that one. There was a – does Amelia Island, does that have any significance in your brain? No. I, Amelia Island, I need to look this up. I went on vacation in Florida a couple years ago, and it was, ki- it was kind of pseudo-close to, uh, to Jacksonville. Amelia Island Plantation. It's in Florida. It's in Nassau County. We're going to have a last-place schedule. That's going to be fun. Um, so what, we'll, we'll get to play the Jag. Oh no, we're already playing the AFC South. And we're playing we're playing one opponent from the AFC North and then one opponent from the NFC South. It sucks the AFC North is. Yeah, they're all good. Well, I mean, yeah. hopefully, but do, the you, NFC South we'll get to play. I guess it'd be the Falcons, and then the NFC and then the NFC West is another good division. So it doesn't AFC really North, um, we're playing a team from the AFC North. If the Steelers finish in last place and Ben Big Ben retires, maybe that's a good opponent. Yeah, that's what we need. We need the Steelers to finish in last place. Because the Browns, Bengals, and Ravens will all be favored against there us. There we go. There we so, go. But it's still better last place schedule than a second place schedule that we face this year. That's true. Playing the, t- playing the Titans in Nashville? Oh, no, that may have to be the away game. I love Nashville. You would. I I think I'm going to go. I think so that's we'll, settled. The, the the answer is we don't know, though, at this point. We get, we're going to wait for the schedule to come we're, So, an event-wise, um, Fan wa- warm weather game where we're going to be doing something at MetLife Stadium. Um, and then I would love to do, for an away game, 
I would love to do a watch along somewhere in New Jersey where we all meet up at a place and we watch the game together. So I want to have a couple different events next year. So stay, stay tuned for that. We'll, we talked about some things this year, you know, we, we, we executed some things with FanFest. um, you know, and, and, and if they have training camp, that's open to the public too. And if they have a fan fest, we'll do stuff there. Um, but especially if they have a training camp, that's on a more consistent basis. Well, if they I'm do also, fan fest, we'll go to training camp the week of fan fest. Yes, but it all depends. I'm I'm going to training camp regardless, no matter what. Um, and you know, we'll we'll have events and we'll you know, or not an informal event and we'll have a good time. So there you go. Um, last question from Simple Man Radio, which. Uh, Good chance we get that started up again if you're if you're excited about that, if you really like us. Simple Man Radio at Simple Man Radio. Simple Man Radio. Will Bobby get his account back? So I had to put in a formal appeal. Like, not like a... Sometimes your account will get suspended and it'll be like, all right, you got to delete your tweet and wait 24 hours or whatever. No, they were like, your account's done. Like, you goodbye, say goodbye to Twitter. This account is gone. Um... So I sent in a formal appeal and they actually got back to me within like 36 hours. So my account is back, but I'm still, it's still suspended right now. Like it's back. I have it, but it's like, there's, it, it'll be back. I, I guess on Wednesday, it'll be back on sometime on Wednesday. It'll be back. Yeah. For 18 hours, I had more followers than you. And, um, I was th- really, I was, so I talked, actually talked with John Boy Media this week and we're talking about me, you know, having a, a new situation, um, whether it's, you know, it's, it's just like, I'm looking for a raise, you know, the, talk the to give, about a raise. The give, the give Bobby the bag movement worked. Congratulations. And thank yeah, you. To every, so thank, I, thank you to everybody who participated. So they're going to send me over Didn't a couple different offers this week in different situations, but I was very scared. It's like, Oh my God, I hope that I don't lose my entire Twitter account. This yeah, that'd be week a bad look. Weeks. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I just put in for, like, the media credentials for the Senior Bowl, which we'll get, but it's like, you know, they look at your social media to see who you are, and it would suck to have my account suspended for that. Yeah. Which it very well may have been, but um, I was worried, I was I was truly worried I was going to lose my entire Twitter account, and that's that's the account that has the most followers on all of our platforms, more than Instagram, more than YouTube, more, like, more than everything is my personal Twitter account has the most. So yeah, I was I very worried that uh, that that was going to be gone. I don't know how. I got to grow up and stop doing stuff like that, basically. I mean, it sucks because I was the one that reported you because I wanted to overtake you in followers. That's true. But I was worried. I was acting calm and telling everyone I'm going to get it back. Yeah, you, I, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. I was concerned and you were, I was texting you and you were like, I'm, I think I'm going to get it back. I think I was be, I was acting like I wasn't concerned because I didn't want people to be concerned. But in my head, I was like, I was very concerned that I wasn't going to get it back. That's a good personality trait in moments of chaos. Do you tell people like not to panic, even though maybe you're panicking on the inside? That's a very good personality trait. I guess so, but I was panicking, and I'm like, and I, I just need to stop doing stuff like that. It's every three months I get in trouble on Twitter. Sure, whether it's making fun of Dwayne Haskins getting his tooth knocked out, and people are like, oh, you think domestic abuse is funny? It's like, yeah. no, I think Dwayne Haskins getting his tooth knocked out by his fiance is funny. Like, I, and I and I will say that proudly. I think that's hilarious. It's a double standard. I know. You know what? I'm actually one of the people who think it's a lot worse for a man to hit a woman than a woman to hit a man. I just do. Um. So it's I just get myself in trouble on Twitter. It's like every three months, whether it's saying some guy who's wearing like an like an African hat 
I was like, it looks like the Good Burger hat. And I have all these like racist people like in my mentions for two, 48 hours and trying to contact John Boy Media and get me in trouble. Um, you so know, just so not doing that. Every three months I get in trouble. And it's like, I just need to stop. It's like, I just lose my mind every three months on social media. And I need to stop doing that. It's like, you know what? Just do your film breakdowns. Make some harmless jokes. It's like even like the burn down MetLife. Like the fact that I haven't gotten in trouble for that is like it's just toe in the line. I need to. I mean, that's I need not to grow like up. that's but not like that's inciting violence. That like that all right. is like me saying I'm going to murder Cowboys fans is a lot less threatening than saying burn down MetLife because like I have actually some influence over Giants fans. Like not like no no I couldn't now it would never happen, but like they could make the argument like you have influence over Giants fans. Like that argument could be made. Even though it would never happen, it could be made. I threatened to punch the Jets in the face last year after they interviewed Patrick Graham, and I was suspended for 12 hours. Yeah, like those suspensions, like they, when they say, like, just delete the tweet, 12 hours, you'll be back. Those are just like, okay, that's funny, whatever. It's not even fair. The Jets, the, a Jet doesn't even have a throat. Or no, I said I would punch you in the throat. Um, jets don't even have throats, so I don't understand why I got suspended there. So my account will eventually be back. Don't touch Patrick Graham. My my account will eventually be back, but I was worried that I wasn't going to be back. Can I give an announcement to finish off? Go for it. Today, Wednesday, what, what day? The 22nd. License plate guy, myself, Snacks, and Joe Morris. I kind of found out as the details were kind of coming along that Joe Morris, giant great running back, will be will be joining us. Uh, we're going to go to dinner. So what LPG's doing, Joe, you know, he's been doing, uh, Joe Rubeck, he's been doing all the all the charity stuff. So 100 bucks per person. We're going to meet at the Meadowlands Diner. And whatever your meal costs, that's what your meal is going to cost. But then whoever our server is, is going to keep the tip and the change that comes from the meal. So get as much food as you want. Because we're all going to pitch in $100, and then that person is going to get a huge tip. Um, so that's that's what we're doing. Joe Rubeck, LPG license plate guy, you know, he wants to continue kind of like the the season of charitable giving. So if you want to have a conversation with myself, with snacks, with LPG, share a meal, break some bread, and Giants running back Joe Morris, meet us at the Meadowlands Diner at 6 o'clock, 545 in the parking lot, p.m., on Wednesday, the 22nd of December. There you go. That's where I'll be. How about that? Excited. I think I may uh, I may try to talk with Joe Moores for a few minutes and record it, and then we'll we'll post it on Bleeding Blue in a, in a, in a couple months. So. And Superman Radio, why don't we just bring that back next week? We could. We've, we very much could. Uh, I've been... Uh, trying to methodically plan some things out, but I've realized that my brain isn't as funny. My brain's not as funny when I'm trying to be funny. I'm just so naturally funny when I'm going. Um, so, you know, we have some segment ideas and I have some things that I, I want, what I want to do is I kind of want to give each other like homework. So we go and we watch like this really bad movie and then we come back and we invite everybody else to watch said bad movie. And then we all come back and we talk about it. It's like, why the hell did you make me watch this? Go try this food. Go eat this food, um, and then have like a food review. So that's the kind of stuff that I want to, you know, just want to want to try and do. It'll, it'll give me an excuse to do other things besides football and maybe leave the house. So that's partially what I'm using Simple Man Radio for. 
It's coming back. Um, it's coming back. Thursday. Next Thursday. How about that? Wow. I'm, I'm just saying it. We're going to do it next Thursday. Booked. All right. It's coming back. All right. We'll be uh, we'll be back on Friday for our preview show. Um, playing the Eagles this week, who are losing right now to Washington, and Garrett Gilbert, their quarterback, losers. Uh, and I'll murder every Eagles fan. So we appreciate they, you guys. Are the Eagles really losing right now? Yeah, it was 10-0 last time I looked. Psh, it's really bad. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Friday for the preview. Until then, let's go Big Blue.